Hey everyone, this is the Love of Cinema podcast. We like to talk movies. If you like to talk movies too, you come to the right place. Atish, why I agreed to write was because Sanjay Gupta came to me with the story. Because this was perhaps the only story where you imagine... Imagine combining Shole and Diwar in one subject, in one film. Atish was Shole meets Diwar. If you remember Atish, there is a brother and there is a friend. The hero has this dilemma whether to side with the brother or side with the friend. His loyalty is with the friend because of whom he is, what he is. And of course, he has the brother who will become a cop. So in Diwar, the issue was between the two brothers, okay, the cop and the smuggler. In Shole, the story was between these two friends. Hey everyone, this is Himanshu, and this is the Love of Cinema podcast. Our guest today is someone who has written some of the biggest films of the last 35 years. N. Chandra Stezab, Subhajgai Saudagar, Sanjay Gupta Zatish, Aks, Rang De Basanti, Delhi Six, and Yalkar. These are just some of the films from Kamlesh Pandey's long, illustrious career as a screenwriter. But before that, if you're a first-time listener, do check out prior episodes of the podcast. You can find all episodes on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoy organic conversations centered on Indian cinema and streaming shows, Love of Cinema podcast was created for people just like you. So do consider subscribing. Also, please do rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts, as that will help others with similar taste discover this podcast. So if you like the episode, please rate and review us and help us spread the word. Back to today's episode. One of Kamlesh Pandey's early films was Tezab, the biggest hit of 1988. Tezab, of course, is a well-known film, and the chartbuster Ek Do Teen has a separate fan base of its own. Tezab is also an interesting film because it pays homage to Raj Kapoor's Awara and riffs on Walter Hill's 1984 action musical Streets of Fire. Kamlesh talked about his admiration for Walter Hill and taking inspiration from Streets of Fire as well as writing Tezab as a tribute to Avara. For example, borrowing the treatment used for an antagonist played by Kane Singh in Avara and subverting it by using it for the protagonist played by Anil Kapoor in Tezab. If you'll recall, Munna's introductory scene in the film has people lining up by the sides of the lane in fear when Munna enters the lane. It is a direct reference to almost an identical scene from Avara where Jagga walks through a bylane. We talked about Tezab's non-linear narrative and how the trial show of Tezab was a huge disaster because of that very non-linear narrative. It's a juicy story which you don't want to miss. We also chatted about Aks, Atish, and Delhi Six. He shared some very interesting stories behind those films. Did you know Delhi Six was originally conceived to be something along the lines of My Big Fat Greek Wedding? set in Delhi. 
I also asked him about writing for Firoz Khan and what it was like working with him. Again, he had some rather interesting things to say about Firoz Khan the man and his cinema. We also talked about how writing for mainstream Hindi cinema has evolved over the years and why he believes 90% of the cinema is either ego trips or made to pay the bills, leaving only 10% which can be considered genuine good cinema. A very smart man with strong opinions and interesting takes on almost everything. Here's my chat with Kamlesh Pandey. Hi Kamlesh, how are you doing? Hi, are you? How are you, Himanshu? Great I'm meeting you across, <laughs> across seven continents and so on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All yes. thanks to Zoom and thanks to internet. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Fantastic, fantastic. First of all, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast and chatting with us today. My pleasure, my pleasure. Anytime. Uh, you have a extended body of work. Uh, you have uh, you come from an advertising background, and obviously, we all yeah. know about your films and television. And uh-huh. today, in the interest of time, I wanted to focus on few of those films so, so that you know we'll sure. be able to go yeah. a little deeper because. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, whatever we will try to do, we'll try to do in 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. shall we start? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Great, great. So, Kamlesh, you have been writing Hindi films uh, since the mid-80s. Uh, Hindi films uh, almost from 86, from 86, I think. 86. From, uh, from 1986, 87, yeah. Right. And Hindi films have come a long way since that time over the course of the last 35 years. Yep, 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 yep. Even a hardcore mainstream Hindi film of today is yes, uh, yes. substantially different from ones made 30, absolutely, 35 yeah. years ago. Absolutely. So my yeah, first absolutely. question to you was, uh, what has remained constant in your opinion, specifically in terms of writing for a mainstream Hindi cinema? Basically, the emotions. Basically, the emotions, because we are a very emotional country. We are not exactly very logical, in spite of, you know, the IT boom and everything else, you know, all the engineers all over the world from India. We are basically a very emotional country. And in our, uh, in our grammar of storytelling, okay, emotions matter a lot. Not so much logic, but emotions. And emotions have their own logic. You know, very funnily, emotions too have their own logic. Now, what happened was that earlier, you know, if you go back to the 50s, okay, we were just independence. We have got, we had, we had got independence and we are full of hope and aspirations and ideals and looking forward to the future. And so, but somehow, uh, all those hopes were sort of, they, they were sort of, they end up being, you know, illusions. And we became a rather, you know, uh, disillusioned country, frustrated, angry sometimes. And that's why, for example, if you see a film like Avara, when I, I rate that, you know, the, the modern Indian cinema more or less began with Avara, Raj Kapoor's Avara. Avara was, a, was in fact, uh, my own film, Tezab, is a tribute to Avara. I don't know if many people have noticed it, but uh, yes, I yes. rate I define Tezab as Avara of 90s. In fact, when Mr. N. Chandra came to me with this whole idea, you know, we were friends and we used to live next to my office. And uh, we were actually brought together for some something else, some other film, which never happened. 
but we became friends and he one fine day he comes he go look you know i have got this idea of called called tezab and he briefly told me what the story is i said chandu i mean we are friends chandu tezab could be avara of 90 so he was quite surprised he said ki what do you mean avara of 90 So I said, look, you know, if Raj Kapoor had been alive in 1987-88 when we were making Tezab, and he wanted to make Avara, he would have made Tezab. So there are many scenes in Tezab, if you have seen the film, which are tribute to Raj Kapoor's Avara. For example, just I'll give you just one or two examples, you know, because we don't have much time. The introduction of Anil Kapoor in Tezab. Oh yes! Oh yes! Heroes. that exactly the introduction of the villain kn singh in avara and what i wanted to say you know uh, indirectly was that in uh, in 25 years you know after independence the introduction of the villain has become the introduction of hero in our country and that is a very big statement you where have we come in 50s what used to be introduction of the villain now in 80s is it become introduction of the hero the hero the villain has become the hero that's one example that and exactly the same shot he enters the you know the basti and the road he gets totally deserted people go back in the house the the windows are shut the doors are shut the street becomes empty everybody is scared exactly the same shot which is in avara Mr. Kane Singh, the villain. Same thing, you know. There another scene, you know, uh, between uh, Anil and Madhuri. Uh, remember in the scene, if you have seen Avara on the beach between Raj Kapoor and Nargis, where she she calls him, you know, you are an Avara, you are a vagabond, you are this, you are that, you know, you right. are you are a real crook, and he gets very upset. You know, he said, "Ki okay, the rich man's." <laughs> a daughter calling me a poor guy all these you know abuses literally he holds her by his hair by her hair and what do you think you are who do you think you are damn it and you know the violence it's a love scene but the violence in that that gesture is amazing that is the violence and the anger of the poor india the india who is looking up who has no hope who has no opportunity who don't know who, who doesn't know where to go and where to find jobs etc the young india of 50s was at that moment here is a rich man's daughter adopted daughter calling all kind of you know names to this guy and this guy grabs her by her hair who do you think you are and that anger was not just the anger of raj kapoor or raju from a film that anger was the anger of every young indian coming from a poor family who has no hopes no you know no future literally in tezab for example there is the same scene almost between anil kapoor and madhuri when madhuri says you know i am not interested in you i am going to do what my my father is going to ask me to do it and anil kapoor grabs her hair he said what do you mean we're going to do that i'll kill you and i'll kill myself the violence in that scene is a love scene uh, on a hill in tezab and the violence is the same so 
Tezab was just a tribute to Avara. So what happened was that the storytelling has changed from the 50s. You know, in the 50s, it was still quite respectable, amazing, because we had great writers. We had writers coming from Urdu literature who brought their skill and craft to cinema. Right. Father the Father Ahmad Abbas, Baby Ismachukhtai, you know, all of them. Wazahat Mirza, you name it, they were all there. And the, the fanta- and that was the golden age of Indian cinema, the 50s. But I, that's my own definition that from 1955 and from Awara to 1965 to guide that whole decade is the golden age of Indian cinema. We never got a chance to repeat that decade ever again. We never got that quality of cinema that we delivered in that whole one decade. Imagine, look look at it. Avara, Sichar Sobis, Doanke Barahat, Mughal Azam, you know, Bandini, Devdas. I mean, almost everybody, Raj Kapoor, Gurudat, Vyasa, Kagaz Kapoor, Sahib Ivi Gulam, guide all the way to guide. Imagine this one whole decade with all these old classics, what we call now classic, Mother India. I mean, amazing cinema we, we created. And then what happened that those writers, for example, they either got too old or they died. And we never got a team to replace them. Because writing is the first element in any film, any cinema. In fact, I, I normally like to state to other writers that writer is the first star of a film or a TV show. Because before the writer, a film or a TV show is just a blank piece of paper. What happened was that after 1965, a lot of unskilled people started or made, they started trying to fill up that blank piece of paper. They were not writers. They had come maybe to become an actor. They couldn't become an actor or they couldn't succeed as an actor. So they became writers. They came to become a director or somebody else. Almost anybody and everybody was becoming a writer. And that reflected in the kind of stupid films we produced in 70s, in 80s, and so on. And the storytelling suffered. Somehow we survived because of the music. Music uh, remained somehow in spite of all the, the great guys not working anymore. The music still was there. It was working. And the emotions. Emotions were, they became too melodramatic. But they were still there. And what pe- many people call formula, you know, the family relationships, you know, happening, uh, uh, that remained. But the, 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 the creativity disappeared. What we had in the 50s, we lost in, uh, in 70s and 80s, completely lost. And ever since then, we have been trying to reclaim it trying to revive it, trying to bring it back. Somehow, not all of us, maybe a few of us, some of us, we are trying. Because the heart of our cinema is emotion. The storytelling of our cinema is emotions. Basically because our cinema comes from our folk theater. Unlike Hollywood. Unlike Hollywood, our cinema comes from folk theater. 
and fourth theater comes from somebody called bharat mudis bharat mudis in natyash shastra i must share this story with you amazing story i mean it's a mythological story but i i totally believe in because the meaning is incredible i'm not saying it is historically a fact we don't give a damn for history what is history history is one man's opinion about something that he doesn't know about history can be so subjective and so different if hitler had won the second world war the history of the world would have been very different so it depends who the winner he decide what the history is going to be so who gives a damn for history so the story goes that you know after these four vedas were written rigved samved atharved yajurved brahma got very worried brahma said no oh my god these fantastic books these four vedas but they are for intellectuals they are for scholars you know what about the common man how will the common man learn to live the art of living how will the common man get his value system his you know his aspirations his hopes his desires what about the common man because he will have no access to the vedas only the intellectuals will have access to the vedas so he announced brahma announced as the story goes that look you know guys please do something for the common man and all the rishis you know at that point in time they got to work and one rishi bharat muni he wrote bharat muni's natya shastra the first treatise in the universe on the art of storytelling of theater you know the whole grammar in fact when sidfield was in india in the year 2007 you know hollywood's most famous script writing teacher sure he has been doing workshops all over the world sidfield he was in india in the year 2007 and he has been going around with the, about this three act structure of script writing three act so i used to joke with him you look you know i'm coming to us to hollywood and i will shut your shop because my bharat muni is he doesn't believe in three act structure <laughs> we have a totally different grammar of storytelling so anyway that that's uh, that's only for the joke so uh, from that bharat muni natya shastra when he wrote it brahma was thrilled he my god bharat you have done a great job and he gave a blessing and that blessing i must share with you because it's a very it's a beautiful blessing the blessing is in sanskrit i'll just speak the lines first and then i will translate it the blessing is bhartaina mitaste sham prakhyato bharta vaya yadidam bharate varshe manuna suprakashtam Brahma says, "Ki Bharat, yar, tune, you have done such a great job. You know, you have done this Natya Shastra, the the grammar of storytelling. You know that from now on, at that time, India was called Aryavart. As a nation, we were called Aryavart. So he says, 'Ki from now on, this country, because you are Bharat, this country will be called Bharat after you.'" which literally means the country of entertainers the country of storytellers so the word bharat actually means the country of storytellers and which is why you know in our country whether it's mythology or folk tales or the panch tantra mahabharat or ramayana 
we are perhaps the richest nation on earth in terms of stories and storytelling. Kamlesh, uh, Azab <coughs> had a non-linear narrative uh, with Nesli yeah. flashbacks, yeah. which was quite yeah, uncommon for the time. I'm, 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 I'm share a very interesting story with you, Please. how we work in Bollywood. Or not Bollywood, I hate the word Bollywood. I'm, I would love to say Indian Hindi cinema. Hindi cinema, yes. Hindi cinema. You know, what happened was after we completed the shoot and everything, and we had the first, what we call the trial show, you know, for the family of the actors and so on. And the wife of the hero said, I can't understand the film. I don't know what's going on. And I don't blame her. Because for the first time, we had used a, a flashback within a flashback. Madhuri's flashback inside Anil Kapoor's flashback. Right. So, the, so structurally, it was a, not easy to, to understand. Or, you know, people who are used to a rather linear narrative, linear narrative, for them, it will be not easy to understand and appreciate. So this lady, and we were very worried then because she was the wife of the big star. And we were so worried. So we re-edited re the film in a linear fashion. And we hated it. My God, it's so boring. It's so predictable. I said, Chandu, I hate it. Let's go back. Let's take the risk. So we went back to our old edit, which this lady had hated. You'll be surprised that on the night of the premiere of the film, uh, I was working on something with Shekhar Kapoor. We were doing uh, a, a writing a film. I was writing a film to launch Bobby Devan, which, which finally never took off. But we were very close, me and Shekhar. And Shekhar, I invited to the premiere. And he said, Kamlesh, I can't give more than eight weeks to your film because your film is so bloody hard. It sort of is so, it's not easy to watch. It, it doesn't let you relax. It grabs you by the neck, by the stuff of your neck, and you know, it puts you down on the seat. Damn it, watch me. This is very, uh, and the eight weeks because of the song, because the song Egdotin had become a huge hit. So because of the song, this your film will run for eight weeks only. So finally, when the film did 100 weeks, <laughs> ah, Shekhar, you, Shekhar, you had said eight weeks. We have just done 100 weeks. What do you say? Of course, he had no answer to that. Because uh, actually, he was on the top after Richard um, India. He was very popular at that time. So yes, it happened that, you know, Sometimes, you know, when you want to do something different and you decide to go by, you know, the popular opinion, you will never be able to make a good cinema. Never. You have to go with your own gut feeling. So I said, Nandu, let's go ahead, go back to what we had done and we will keep it this way. So structurally, Tezab was perhaps the first film which used this. Uh, the flashback within a flashback structure. So, of course, it complicated the story a bit, but people loved it because I think the audience is not a moron. You know, in advertising, you know, we were told that advertising is not a, the audience, the consumer is not a moron, she's your wife. The consumer is not a moron, she's your wife. So, respect the consumer. So, in the cinema, 
I always believe that I respected the audience. That they appreciate if you give them something a little harder to respond to. You try to pitch your story just a bit above their head, not too far ahead above the head, because then then they will just they will just they will just just give up. You my God, I can't understand this film and so on. No, slightly above their head, you pitch. And they will reach out and get it, and they will respect you because you have respected their intelligence. Right. So, so which is what we did try to do in Hizab Tiroke. We don't go by popular opinion. We'll do what we think is right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kamlesh, Tezab uh, had strong similarities with uh, Walter Hill's uh, Streets of Fire. Uh, were you and N. Chandra always fans of that movie? I have been a big fan of Walter Hill right from the beginning, especially of his writing. You know the the way he writes his screenplay, almost monosyllables. He he hardly ever writes a full sentence in describing a scene. His words are pictures. I mean, uh, there's uh, in fact the first Alien script was done by him. You know the the Hollywood film Alien. Yes. Walter Hill was the first writer who wrote that alien script. Afterwards, you know, James came on, James Cameron, and so on and so forth. And I was so zapped. Oh my God, what a man! What a writer! He uses just single words, and the words are pictures, are visuals. So any director worth his salt can exactly understand what is to be done. So yes, that whole sequence of kidnapping, you know, uh, Madhuri from the stage, that that whole sequence, you know, was inspired by that sequence in Sheets of Fire. The the way Madhuri is kidnapped by the goons from the stage after she she had done performed a song. Yes, it was absolutely right. Now uh, let's move on, uh, since we spent a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, uh, Atish is one of my favorite films, and we yeah. got to talk about the dialogue in Atish, and then I would also yeah. love to hear some anecdotes from you. But the yeah. first dialogue which comes to mind when we talk about Atish is a simple three-word line: "Nawab, akele, akele." Atish, why I agreed to write was. Because Sanjeev Gupta came to me with the story, because this was perhaps the only story where you imagine, imagine combining Shole and Diwar in one subject, in one film. Atish was Shole meets Diwar. If you remember Atish, there is a brother and there is a friend. The hero has this dilemma whether to side with the brother. Or side with the friend. His loyalty is with the friend, because of whom he is what he is. And of course, he has the brother who will become a cop. So in Diwar, the issue was between the two brothers. Okay, the cop and the smuggler. In Shole, the story was between these two friends, who are sacrificing for each other and so on. Atish was combining both emotions in one film. You know, in Atish, and that's why I love the idea. I said I'll I'll write it. The problem that happened in Atish, why it didn't work as well, and how much 
maybe you know perhaps is the right time to share it i think it was miscast it was miscast because the role which you, which should have gone to sanjay dad went to aditya pancholi and the role which went to the brother atul agnihotri i think yeah he did that role i think the film suffered because of miscasting otherwise the script and everything else i still remember uh, that there was a, a very important dialogue in the film which explained the whole dilemma when the friend when 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 the friend comes to know that my friend is going to side with the brother the cop he has this great line he said dost hum chunte hain we choose our friends we do not choose our brother we just happen to be born from the same parents that's it is there's no accident we do not choose our brother but we choose our friends and today you have chosen your brother what have you done what happened to our loyalty so that line became quite quite popular that we choose our friends you know because we like you know hum dost chunte apni khushi se apni marzi se but bhai to ittefaq hota hai brother is a coincidence friend is a choice you choose with your you know with, with a common interest and so on and that was the whole conflict of the story of that that between the brother and the friend what do you choose and why and the story was trying to tell well not uh, in so many words that what you choose is more important than what you happen to be born with the friend is more important than the brother the relationship with the friend is far more important than the re- relationship with the brother but just because he happens to be your brother you you have a certain obligation you know to support him to uh, to uh, to fight for him so in in a way it it was it it could have been much better if the casting has been right because sanju used to do because sanju had done khalnayak for me so sanju was ideal for that role which finally was done by aditya pancholi and uh, for me i think it was miscasting if the whole thing had been switched around sanju doing that role of the friend and you know other way around perhaps things would have been much better much different that film uh, though yeah. still has a huge uh, cult following and uh, especially yeah, yeah. the lines and dialogues are very popular because they're very pulpy and they're uh, classic yeah. iconic lines uh, yeah. another dialogue from the film which i like a lot is your uh, mouth organ or your gun ha ek hi log dono mein kitna farak hai so yeah. all those lines there they're very pulpy and for my generation i mean we grew up in the 90s so uh, yeah. atish is one of those films that we fondly remember now um i i heard one of your um, talks where you said ux essentially makes the argument that good and evil are complementary they complement and complete each other and yeah. uh, you drew upon the discussion actually yeah uh, uh, there is a story behind ux also ux is not my story actually i had i had written another screenplay called samjhauta express to launch abhishek bachchan abhishek bachchan was going to be introduced with that uh, script samjhauta express but then jp datta came with refugee 
and at that point in time jp datta was a far bigger director far more popular because of his film popular doing business big business and rakesh oprakash mehra was almost uh, at that time almost a nobody so i was i was asked to look you know uh, let abhishek do it uji and uh, let's hold samjhauta express for the moment because they both are india pakistan subject so at that point in time uh, rakesh and amitabh bachchan had this story idea of ox i was not fully convinced with the story because superficially if you look at it it is a typically ghost story a ghost occupying someone something that you watch in some horror show somewhere easily but how to convert it with some to something much deeper something you know which has a philosophical depth something like that so i said okay when i was sort of it was to me a kind of a, a consolation prize ox to me was a consolation prize because my samjhauta express was helped so i said fine <laughs> no problem and uh, amit ji was getting this opportunity to do a negative role which he had never done before that he was going to play hero and the villain both in the same film ox so i said okay uh, let me try to do some philosophical stuff in there to give this story a depth which is superficially almost like a ghost story the, the ghost of the villain raghavan occupies the hero and the hero becomes the villain you know amitabh bachchan so i said okay let me because and that's where the indian philosophy in india in indian mythology there is no satan you know unlike christianity and other faiths indian myth, uh, indian spirituality or indian religion or indian mythology there is no satan as such and we don't look down on the evil evil is evil good and evil are just reflections of each other reflections of each other there can't be evil without good and there can't be good without evil so the evil is a kind of a black bolt against which you have to write the good in white letter white chalk for example let's say ravan is the blackboard against whom the word the name of ram is shining bright and white if there was no blackboard of ravan there will not be ram either ram will disappear ram is there because of ravan if you remove ravan there is no ram at all if you remove evil there is no good either how will you compare it's a very deep thought it's a very deep indian thought that the what we call you know all the negativity and you know all the evil the bad things and so on they are part of the life life is always sort of it can't be just one sided it needs you know the other side the complementary or the uh, there there are there are two sides of the same coin i mean ultimately what the indian philosophy says that good and evil sadness and happiness are two sides of the same coin if you hold the coin in your hand looking at the surface that i'm looking at good you forget that under the good there is evil waiting to come out under the happiness there is sadness waiting to come out 
so that is a thought and not only that i did something very mischievous i don't know if if you remember the film whenever ragwans does a murder okay whenever he, he kills someone he uses a line from the bhagavad gita yes what does he say very says ki na koi marta hai na koi marta hai main to nimitt matra hu isliye please don't mind it and i was hoping that somebody in the audience will get up and say what are you doing you are putting <laughs> geeta in the mouth of the villain not even the hero villain i said you know i have my own personal interpretation of geeta of course in the geeta of course it it appears in a very different context but yes imagine if this line i try to bring some depth into the story but it had some issues because a i think it was far ahead of its time perhaps a decade ahead of its time if ox had been made maybe made today it would been a huge success today but at that time i think we were too ahead of our time and we had we were experimenting we are spending with a new kind of story and so on and so forth but it, it didn't work as as well as फिल्मीन 1960 it ran for two shows the people audience broke down the furniture of the theater and it had to be taken off today that film is taken to be a classic a great you know and he is rated as one of the you know most important indian film directors along with the along with the likes of orson welles and so on and so forth i mean he is almost labeled as india's orson welles gurudev but it happens that sometimes you do something which is far ahead of your time so you can't expect the audience to rise up to the occasion and you know reach out and re- relate to your story it happens you uh, this was your first collaboration with uh, rakesh om prakash mehra and obviously you did the massive uh, 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 not first actually we had we had done a, a kind of docu drama called mamuli ram which was basically the story of amul butter you know oh, okay uh, yeah and actually we had met this guy uh, dr vargis dr vargis who is uh, is started the cooperative movement in gujarat called anand and he is, he is the father of of uh, amul of the full amul movement so we went to meet him and the stories he told us it was an amazing story i said it was i think the the golden jubilee of amul it was the, almost the golden jubilee of amul and uh, they, wa- they they wanted to make an 8 minute kind of a do- documentary on on the golden jubilee of amul the 50 years but when i heard the story from uh, dr vargis i said my god what a story let's do a, a, a docu drama so we ended up doing Uh, a film which is about hundred minute film on that called Mamuli Ram. Yeah, how this one man t- transformed the whole 
community with his vision and idea that was the beginning and then of course you know ups happened and then rdb and so on delhi chair so yes so actually uh, rakesh wife used to work with me in advertising she was heading the, uh, the uh, heading the film department then i was head of creative in ray diffusion advertising so that that's how you know and he used to come and meet his wife and so that's how i we met uh, rakesh and i met and sort of got together and so on so ye tha so yes it it was in a way the first feature film we did together uh, you know right first feature, feature film. Feature film we, right first feature film we did yeah. right let's uh, talk about delhi 6 for a minute um yeah Uh, my question is a little bit long, so just uh, bear with me for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Delhi Six is a film that holds a mirror to the society, figuratively and literally. There are mm-hmm. scenes where you guys literally held a mirror to all the main characters in the films. The idea yeah. about introspecting, looking inwards, khud mein jhakna. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about that idea and why you guys decided to do that literally? Yeah. As well? I'll I'll tell you. You know. Uh, sometime around the year 2000 delhi had this attack of what called they call monkey man i don't know if you remember the history of that period monkey man was supposed to be this kind of invisible kind of creature who used to attack people in the dark monkey man became a kind of menace monkey man so rakesh came to me with this idea ki can we do something about monkey man because all kind of chories were going around old delhi in that area you know the, the area called delhi 6 you know near the near the chandni chowk jawa masjid area of delhi called delhi 6 delhi 6 is a great place because it has its own identity not only that there are bus routes in delhi going to delhi 6 you know it has its own personality and identity and the way people talk the way people react and respond is unbelievable is so beautiful and engaging in fact i remained i stayed in delhi for a couple of weeks you know uh, as a rakesh guest to absorb the environment of old delhi so he said can we do something so i remember that you know in one of the news reports there were some theories that whether this monkey man is a hindu or a muslim okay you know there are all kind of theories and only in india you can have those kind of theories this monkey man who is invisible and the the way people used to describe the victims used to describe him he was like uh, a chimpanzee to a gorilla to a you know huge monster kind of thing all kind of people giving all kind of interpretations and what was happening was basically the fear inside the people the fear were getting projected in the form of this monkey man he was not a reality as such as far as i i understand it wasn't a real thing it was the fear of the individuals being being projected you know embodied in this huge this the monkey man mystery so i wove this and i thought that's a very good device to uh, to take india to the world literally you know 
what we indians are, are all about so that's how the story i worked out this the boy comes from us who is who is almost half american and he find this place a strange place old delhi full of strange people and he falls in love with this girl that was the love story part you know with this girl he also falls in love with india he hates india but he ends up falling in love with india but this monkey man idea and because he was coming from america so we had a whole sequence where we tried to uh, just expose visual elements from america with india the statue of liberty with ganpati with the the uh, the taj mahal with something else american and so on and so forth because that is the time when perhaps the world was becoming inter intermingling so much that individual identities were getting lost india was becoming america america was becoming india and all kind of things were going on so but i wanted to, to really handle it like a comedy i wanted to, to write it like you know my my big fat greek wedding about the people of old delhi but somehow you know uh, i don't know uh, what thought rakesh had and the last half hour you know sort of it went haywire and uh, amitabh bachchan going to heaven gabi jalebis and abhishek almost uh, dying it was not really part of my script my script the only philosophical line i had in my script was that a hindu and a muslim can become a monkey but a monkey can't be a hindu or a muslim that was the only philosophical statement i had written in my draft that a monkey a, a hindu or a muslim can be a monkey but a monkey can't be a hindu or a muslim as simple as that but rakesh had this you know special you know interest in making things philosophical etc maybe an effect of ox perhaps so it he went a little haywire and uh, but yes uh, we tried to do something very different on a very different level and again i feel that perhaps delhi six was a little ahead of its time perhaps the audience was not mature enough or sensitive enough to respond to what we were trying to do and to show and to say uh, so uh, it didn't do too well but now i think uh, i i rated as one of the most interesting films i have written in spite of everything but the things would have been uh, perhaps better if it had remained just a comedy and not become too philosophical and what yeah. do you uh, what did you think about the ending uh, do you think it would have been better if uh, abhishek had actually not survived uh, for the story see in to begin with the ending was not there in my script in my draft at all my draft was very simple happy ending he, you know the girl finally the girl is love with him he he, he, he he get the girl and he goes back to america with his with old grandmother that's it because which is why he had come to india to take her, her uh, back to america but this death and life was totally irrelevant to the story unnecessary to the story whether he lives or dies because that was not the story the story was not his life or his death the story was ki okay 
what is this country in the first place i'm an, an a man a boy who is coming from america he is discovering india to this girl and in the process he falls in love with this girl and then whether he remains in india or he goes back to us that was the only dilemma i think in if i remember right in my drop he remains in india sorry yeah he remains in india he doesn't go back to america and he becomes an indian almost literally you know believing in everything that is indian and so on so ending again i said ki because uh, perhaps the ending was too ambitious they they try to be too philosophical this and that going to heaven uh, the the uh, the other son having jalebis in heaven i don't know why it was done i i, I still keep asking rakesh why did he do that it was not part of the story but i think sometimes you you get too ambitious you know sometimes you get too ambitious and you you, you want to try this and try that uh but i am i am in 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 that context i am very certain about the story part ki okay your loyalty should be to the story not you shouldn't try to show off either show off your skill or show off your intellectual or philosophical uh, depth a storytelling is storytelling is not philosophizing a bit of philosophy is harmless it can be used in the service of the story but don't overload a story because people do not go to a theater to watch philosophy they want to watch a story that's it end of story and for me the ending was he stays in india and he becomes a part of the routine called india i say routine uh, in delhi six in fact very funnily alex i'll explain to you what the ending was see around that time when i was writing delhi six there was this very funny thing happening in india suddenly there was this rumor that ganpati is drinking milk so in all the ganpati temples people were lining you know for miles to feed milk to ganpati idol suddenly this ganpati idol the stone idol of ganpati the rumor was that is drinking milk all over india many big people many politicians were in the queue with milk trying to feed milk to ganpati my ending was that this hero who comes from america who is a non believer is ending in the queue with his wife the girl with milk to feed the ganpati so he has become so indian oh wow yeah he has assimilated yes yeah. this was the ending of of, of, of my script and not only that if you remember you know in the film there were two boys remember the two boys two little boys young boys they are also in the queue with ice cream and the film ends was that debating ki you know if the ganpati is drinking milk why can't he have ice cream <laughs> so so my ending was that not what you are talking about so yes so for me that was the identity because this guy has assimilated himself into indian ethos completely that now he believed that Gan- ganpati can drink milk so why not kamlesh you also <laughs> worked with firoz khan and i cannot let you yeah, go yeah. without asking you what was it like working with firoz khan it must have been a lot of fun firoz was a, 
was a really great guy uh actually he was a huge fan of my writing i was not very keen to write the kind of films he was making frankly i'll be very honest about that that uh, the kind of films he wanted to make or he made or he was going to make was not the kind of films that i would love to write but he was such a sweet guy <laughs> he was a, he was a big star firoz khan he came to my house and he said i love your writing and you have to write my film I, you, do, you you don't have a choice and he disarmed me he disarmed me and, but the kind of personality he had and the kind of you know conviction he had and the way he made his films yes i have admired his film i admired his qurbani i have admired couple of his other films So even though I didn't really agree with the kind of cinema he was making, I did agree to write because out of respect for him, he's such a sweet guy, and I'm an amazing man. You, I can't <laughs> describe you, and so generous, so generous in in every which way, and he was like you know, uh, like royalty. He. He he really lived like royalty in Bangalore, where he he had his farmhouse. He really lived like royalty. lived He really lived king size his life, and the, that is the same way he used to treat everyone, including his writer and so on. So yes, I had great fun working with him, and because he just took me because he loved my writing, I said okay, I will I will actually give him what he wants. So, Yalgar is a film. Uh, you know, uh, many people in the industry feel that Yalgar is not a film to be watched, but a film to be heard. If you just hear the film, which <laughs> of the video, just hear the sound, it it sounds like a really fantastic film, a big, really big, 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 big classic. And uh, I had great fun writing the dialogue. You know, Kabir Bedi and Sanju and Feroz and Mukesh Kanna and all that. I really great fun. It it was his kind of filmmaking, and you know, for better or worse, that was his style of filmmaking. So even though that was not my kind of cinema, I wrote it because I love the guy. Simple as that. Sometimes I do that. Yeah. लेकिन वो कंबक चीज जिसे जिंदगी कहते हैं. उसके लिए कदम कदम पे मरना पड़ता है हां या दैट्स व्हाई आई सेड ही एंजॉयड माय राइटिंग आई बेट यू ही लव्ड दोस लाइंस डिडंट ही या या ऑल द लाइंस यू नो आई मीन ही वाज ही वाज यू टू गो गो क्रेजी ही यूज्ड टू कंप्लेन व्हाई डिडंट आई मीट यू बिफोर व्हाई डिडंट आई मीट यू बिफोर इनफैक्ट जजस बिफोर ही डाइड ही वांटेड टू मेक अ सीक्वल टू कुर्बानी यू नो ही डिस्कशन विद मी in fact he had recorded a song the same song which had become very popular in in qurbani aap jaisa koi meri zindagi mein aaye you know that that song so he had re-recorded that song you know with different lyrics for the sequel and he wanted me to meet me to write the sequel and we were working on it i think for some time then of course he got cancer and he died so yes uh, and Basically, he was he 
he was uh, his mind was from the cinema of the 60s from films like mughal azam and you know those dialogue oriented movies you know the movies which had this habeless dialogue verbose much larger than life kind of personalities and he was a huge fan of that kind of cinema so for him are you to write that yes i love the guy and finally uh, kamlesh my last question to you for an artist uh, the process of honing one's talent never ends uh, no matter how long you've yeah. been practicing your art even after yeah. decades of experience you're always learning new things and fine tuning your craft your method yeah yeah what are some of the key screen lighting lessons that you have learned over your long illustrious uh, career you know uh, this is something uh, something totally unexpected for you as well as your 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 listeners why do we need stories you, you know in in almost 30 years i have been writing movies and watching a lot of movies uh, indian movies hollywood and european movies and so on even the art cinema of the, of the of the 60s you know european cinema antonioni fellini godard ingmar bergman so on why do we need a story in the first place why man needs a story why can't we do without a story what's wrong with with us i mean if you have something to eat something to drink a woman or a man to love house roof under you know over your head why do you need a story as well why can't you do without a story and i feel that stories play a very important part life whoever you are wherever you are how how however successful you are there is a feeling that life is unfair you are not getting what you deserve good guys are losing bad guys are winning as you know as we that i'm talk about the general perception in the in around that good guys are losing bad guys are winning we are not getting what i deserve not getting the attention the money the fame whatever else etc we generally believe the life is unfair and then of course anything happens in life unpredictable without any rhyme or reason we don't know we have no way to explain why something happens either to us or around us that is immaterial but happens there is no reason there is no no logic behind certain things to happen or not happen the stories play a very important role there why we need a story a at least in the stories for cinema the good guys ultimately win bad guys lose or get punished movies give hope movies give hope to us that at least in movies good guys are winning though of course a lot of struggle suffering etc but ultimately they win they get rewarded they get the girl or get the property or get the whatever they want to get bad guys lose or get punished second thing at least in a cinema in a film something happens because something has happened before and because something has hap- happening now 
something will happen as a consequence. There's a logical cause and effect order. There's order in cinema. In life, there's no order. At least we can't see it, the order. In life in general, if you try to look very very sincerely, we can't find the order. We, we don't know why it is happening. Why this such a huge pandemic all over the world? What went wrong? What did we do? Why are we suffering? Why are we locked down in our, our houses and working from home and things like that? We don't know. We can't explain it. But in cinema, at least, there is always a cause and effect order. That gives hope. Cinema, basically, stories give us hope. So for a film to work, for a film to work, I know, I know some people make a film because for them it's an ego trip. Oh, I'm so and so and I must make this film and to hell with you as an audience. You, you are not smart enough to appreciate my film to hell with you. I don't subscribe to that idea. And there are some people who make films because they have to, they have to pay the bills. They have to pay the bills. That's it. They are not passionate about cinema. They are not in love with cinema. For them, cinema is just bread and butter and paying the bills. Or for some, it is an ego trip. They both are wrong attitudes to cinema, which is why 90% of our Hindi films flop. Because either they are made as an ego trip or they are made to pay the bills. People are not very serious about you know, their love for cinema. But, but still, there are... Eight or ten percent still there who are insanely in love with cinema, and the films which work are the films which can give this hope to the audience. For me, a good film starts starts after the film is over in the theater, after the end uh, uh, end credits, and the film comes home with me, and becomes a part of my heart and mind. I can replay the film in my mind again and again. And that's how the film remains with me. That is for me a definition of a good film. Not it, it, that it, it has done so much business in box office and all that shit that you hear in the media, 200 crores, 300 crores, bullshit. No one is doing 300 crores. That is a PR job. Every producer, every actor has this PR companies. They investing huge money in the PR, and the PR job is to announce to the world that this this film has done three hundred crore and four hundred crore and X Y Z and so on. All bullshitting. They are simply making a fool of the people and the audience. For me, a good film is not a reflection of the box office success. Of course, it will succeed at box office, but if it comes home with you after you. Uh, it is over in the theater, it comes home with you, then the film has worked for you. Otherwise, forget it. For me, that's as simple as that. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, uh, that's what uh, we say, right? If the film stays with you after you yes. left the theater, and yeah. that may not reflect at the box office, but it will reflect yeah. in what you take home. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. This was great, Kamlesh. Yeah. Uh, I had a really My great pleasure. Time chatting with you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yes, definitely. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So thank you very much, Kamlesh. I uh, appreciate it. My pleasure. If you like the episode, do spread the word. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast where you listen to your podcast. 
Also, do drop us a review in Apple Podcasts when you get a chance. For an independent free podcast like this one, good reviews make a big difference. So please do take a minute and review us in Apple Podcasts. Or if you listen to your podcast somewhere else, do spread the word on Twitter. It would be much appreciated. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at loveofcinemasf8 for podcast-related updates and my tweets on all things movies. That's the episode. This is Himanshu signing off. And like always, thank you for listening to the Love of Cinema podcast.